Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Let's get it started in here. And the bass keeps running, running, and running. Five seconds left in the game. You believe in Context, there's no disrespect, so when I bust my rhyme, you break your necks. We got five minutes for us to disconnect. All of it is on the field. We're going to get the mission. We're Let's get it started. Let's get it started. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the opening line. We are your hosts, Wits and Roz. I was told I sounded tired last week, Wits. I was how's this intro instead? <laughs> a little better. You got a little more pep in your step, a little more chipper. Because you, um, you gave us with, enough, I was going to say, you gave us enough days off from the Super Bowl to begin to get chipper again. <laughs> yeah, the Super Bowl did, uh, did not go as planned for us. Um, Buck celebration today. Brady got a, a little hammered out there. It looks like they were all having a great time. So it was cool to see. But yeah, the Super Bowl did, did not go our way this year. But you can't win them all, Roz. You just can't do it. You can't. Um... I hate to use the word interesting game to describe the game because it wasn't. It was one of the most boring, one of the most <laughs> boring sucked. Super Bowls. I I just think the caliber of what occurred was interesting. Like Brady winning his seventh, dominating Patrick Mahomes. Like mm-hmm. those are when you say those things, it's like very hard to believe. Like one that Brady's going to get to seven, and two that Mahomes is going to get beat by double digits in the Super Bowl. And the more I read about it, it sounds like Mahomes was really a shell of himself the turf toe coming off the concussion three weeks ago. And I don't think he would use any of the excuses. I mean, the offensive line let him get hit left and right in the Super Bowl, but he definitely went out there and fought to the best of his ability. But this Tampa Bay team was over him all over him pretty much 96% of the plays. So he got beat in a boring Super Bowl and Tom Brady. uh, There's a lot to be said on this episode about Tom Brady. Yeah, a lot to be said. And, and Roz, you brought up a couple points. I don't know if I, if I really agree with you, Patrick Mahomes, health-wise. I mean, I think you saw him laboring near the end of the game. And there was a crazy stat how he ended up scrambling. It was like somewhere in the neighborhood of 450 yards compared to Brady's, I think, 35. Um, I was really disappointed in Andy Reid and the Chiefs and Eric Bieniemy and their whole game plan. I mean, I understood that they had a few key linemen out They had to shuffle things around, but it seemed like they were totally unprepared for the type of attack that the Bucs were going to bring to them, and they really didn't have an answer the entire game. I mean, Patrick Mahomes was not very good, but he did make some plays that reminded us why I think he's the best quarterback in the league, and some balls that were catchable. I mean, you look back at the first quarter, Tyreek Hill, ball hits his helmet uh, late in the second half. We had the Darrell Williams drop pass, which was one of the more amazing throws I think that you'll ever see that, that didn't get caught. But overall, Roz, the Chiefs really didn't give Patrick Mahomes a chance, and he was under siege the entire game. 
the Bucks offense I thought was clicking on almost all cylinders and it, it was just an ass kicking and like you said it was a crappy game there isn't much left to say about it but I thought the Chiefs game plan you know they were they were short on the line to come in and they just didn't have an answer the entire time Tyree Kill was shut down you know that was the big talk he had 250 yards receiving in the first quarter last game you heard his name called about twice in the Super Bowl he had I think two catches for 20 yards so it was just it was an ass kicking and give yeah. a lot of credit to the Bucks. they they did everything they needed to do and the Chiefs were just it seemed like they were so unprepared to play and I, that, I was disappointed about that yeah absolutely um and, and Tom's good Tom Tom's not just good Tom's great that's the other part of it and Tom's also conniving a little bit. I mean, the Antonio Brown touchdown, the two touchdowns to Gronk, they're two very – all three of them are stick-it-to-the-league touchdowns. I mean, Gronk, who retired because he wanted to go party a little bit more, travel around the country doing it. Uh, Brady's able to find him twice for two touchdowns. And then you get Antonio Brown, who is the bane – literally the NFL's bane to ex- of existence or whatever the phrasing is, um, and he scores a fucking touchdown in the Super Bowl. I mean, this guy – Part of my take was so funny because they said he's going to go on the Lindsay Lohan tour this summer, and there's going to be like six or seven good arrest stories by Antonio Brown this summer. (laughs) Um, So we'll have to see about that. Brady's great. Breeze, Rodgers, Mahomes, three consecutive weeks. Pretty pretty impressive, uh, to say the least. And he won number seven. Yeah, and it just adds to that overall legacy. I mean – you could have made a pretty good argument already that he was the best quarterback football player of all time. And now I think the argument might, might become best athlete. You know, when we talk about championships and I know there's other people who have won more championships, you know, people always like to bring up Bill Russell, one eleven, um, which is the way Tom Brady has gone about, you know, not only what he did in New England, but going to Tampa Bay in his first year with a team that last year, I mean, they had a couple additions, and it was interesting. All the points scored in the Super Bowl by Tampa Bay were by players who were not on the team last year. I mean, you brought up Gronk. You brought up A.B. Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette, right? So that's interesting. But I think the one big takeaway I had through reading a couple articles after the game, you know, Brady staying up late at night, texting all the guys on the team that we will win um, and, and it just brings you back to not only what the guy does on the field, but just that aura, that attitude about him that really makes everybody on the team better. I mean, you talk about the greatest players of all time. Not only are they great by themselves. I mean, a guy like LeBron James, one of the most talented players to ever, to ever walk on the hardwood. But what he does is he makes other guys that much better. And I think you saw that with Tampa Bay this year. And like you said, you know, they went through Breeze, Rodgers, Mahomes, you know, all, all in the playoffs. And it, it's, just, it's just amazing. It's surreal that a guy can have that big of an impact on, on the rest of the guys on that squad. But that is Tom Brady. I mean, maybe the best athlete of all time. You know, we're talking about winning and what he's been able to do for football. So it's – I was pissed that we lost the game, but – it was truly unbelievable to right. see what happened. Right. This is what I wanted to talk about. I put it in text and I've been trying to explain it to you over the week. Um, I get it. Right. 
LeBron James is more athletic than Tom Brady, but I don't think that's what we mean when we say best athlete of all time. And I agree with the best team sport, right? Because Michael Phelps, I would argue, he had 20 medals on his own, but I think the best team sport athlete has to be Brady. And I think what's interesting, because I didn't even think about it, I think this win did move him past Michael. For I understand the Michael six and six, and that's always going to be his legacy. But it's the idea of like, so was Bill Russell's 11, like nine of 11 or something. There, those are remarkable statistics, remarkable outings. And But look what Brady did. I mean, left New England, went to Tampa, won in his first year. And I don't think you could – this is not one of those things where you could say he super teamed it. Yeah, there's a lot of amazing weapons on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But football doesn't work that way. It's not right. a, a three stars makes your thing. Like, there's a lot that goes into it defensively, offensively. There is – 22 players who are going to start a game for you. Um, and it, it's way different. I think it's significantly more impressive uh, that Brady did this. And he does. He really, like, I had to sit back after he won. It's just this moment of, like, he made the mark. Like, there won't be anybody better. And he also closed the door on Patrick Mahomes. And I know people can come at me saying, oh, premature. Unless, and I told you the case scenario against this, unless we get, which looks very possible, <laughs> the next two or three Super Bowls being Brady versus Mahomes and Mahomes comes out with a winning record. Brady will have that at 43 years old. Tom Brady beat Patrick Mahomes in his prime 24 year old Patrick Mahomes, which blows my mind. Yeah. And you talk about the legacy question. I I think there's no doubt that Patrick Mahomes is, I would say the most talented quarterback in the league and, and definitely the next face of the NFL, if he isn't already kind of there yeah. already. And, you know, if he had beaten Brady that, you know, that brings a total, you know, six to two, maybe you're starting to think there's a chance, but it, as good as Patrick Mahomes ends it, as good as he is, like you said, Roz, football is just not one of those sports where, you know, you, you have an automatic make back the next year. It just, it just doesn't work that way. So not even the was, Patriots uh, at their top. They weren't making it back-to-back. They are the last team, I think, to win back – or they're not the last team to win back-to-back. It was the 49ers were the last team to do it. So the Patriots hadn't even won back-to-back either. Like it, you're, right. It, it's, and they it's did – and the Patriots, if you look at it, they did go 10 years without, you know, in between Super Bowls. I mean, that 2007 to 2017, there was a decade stretch there. So that, that even makes it, I think, more unbelievable that – you know, Brady was able to be there the entire time. You talk about seven Super Bowls. He's been in 10 out of his 19 seasons. I mean, the numbers, it reminds me of the, the article I read on, on Barry Bonds' statistics, like stuff that would just make your jaw drop in, in comparison relative to everybody else. So, I mean, the Bucks just played such a great game. And I also have to give a lot of credit to Byron Lefwich and Todd Bowles. I mean, Todd Bowles, say what you want about him. As, you know, the head I coach will say, by the way, I'll say whatever I want to say. Horrible head coach, but dear God, what a defensive coordinator this guy is. I mean, I mean give him the weapons. Yeah, I mean, that, that Bucks defense was – they played out of their minds. They had, they had a great game plan. They were doing all the right things. And I saw a couple of things on Twitter about people saying, you know, the Chiefs weren't that healthy – you know, all this and that, yeah, I, it really doesn't matter. Like, those are the things at the end of the day. It's like when people look back on the season, 
you know, nobody remembers who came in second, right? Nobody remembers really anything except who won the big game. And the Bucks were able to do that. They did it convincingly, right? The game was essentially over at the end of the first half when, you know, the Chiefs decided to call those timeouts, which I got the first one, but after it got to third and two, it, it, I felt like I was watching the Packers game again, Roz. You exactly know, Brady thing. marches at the end of the half, and they score that touchdown, and it's so deflating because as bad as the Chiefs played in the first half, they could have easily gone in the locker room at 14-6 to six and been down a possession, and I feel like they could have rallied back. But getting down 21-6, to six, you just you felt the air kind of coming out of the balloon, and when they weren't able to put any points on the board early in the second half, it was over from there. And, yeah, just what, what, a, what a story. You talked about Gronk. You talked about A.B., Tom Brady, Bruce Arians. It, it was nice to see him win. You know, it, it was nice to see an older guy who's a very much a football guy, I would say. You know, there's a lot of great young head coaches in the league, but it was, it was nice to see some guy who's been around the league for 40 or 50 years, very, very hard-nosed type of guy that, you know, got it done. They all came together. They do have one of the most diverse coaching staffs in the NFL. So it was cool to see all those pieces click. And then kind of the cherry on top is that, you know, Tom Brady does it again. And, you know, is he really that unbelievable? You know, the answer is yes. It's absolutely yes. And I don't know. <laughs> we'll probably never see another guy or athlete who has this big of an impact on the sport of football, because like you said, so many variables that go into each play and it's a little different than basketball or baseball where every motion is like very singular, right? But football, you've got 11 guys going on each play. So it's, it's just, it's just crazy. It is absolutely it is crazy. crazy. And I think back to the, another Jordan comparison, Tony Romo is the one who said it. It's like, we were blessed with basically getting Michael versus LeBron in this last Super Bowl. And again, right. the reason I open up with interesting, it, the game was really bad, but it's just interesting all the optics that go into this and what came from it. So Looks like Michael and Tom Brady beat LeBron and Mahomes, but uh, but yeah, it was uh quite quite the Super Bowl. Um, do you have any last thoughts about it before we move on, or do we do I get right into this sad looking ad I have to read? <laughs> no, I, I think that was about it. I think the Chiefs will definitely bounce back. Um, but it, it one my one last thought just on football in general, it did give me a really good perspective on what it's like for some quarterbacks out there that are, are constantly playing with bad offensive lines because you saw the effect that it had on Mahomes and, and he, I think he basically he did everything that he could, but you, you start to realize, you know, guys playing for the bears. Like, and I'm not, I'm not making any excuses for him, but they notoriously, they have a horrible offensive line and you start to think about what kind of an impact that has on, on a young quarterback that is constantly running around for his life. And I, I thought that game gave me an appreciation. It's like, I don't care how good you are. If you're getting pressured, you know, three out of every four snaps, you're going to get your ass kicked no matter what. So it, it reinforces my thought that, you know, it, everything starts in the trenches, right? Right where the ball is snapped. You need to be good on both sides of the ball, um, both O-line and D-line. And, you know, you, you saw what, what stalled the Chiefs in that game. And it was, clearly their offensive line not being able to protect Mahomes. So that's my final thought. Um, give a little hope to all the, all the quarterbacks people write off because they really don't understand all the things that go into being a quarterback. Yeah, no. Um, and the, yeah, 
that I think you're completely right, especially since you are hearing the news about quarterbacks being moved around and stuff. But the game is over. The Super Bowl's over. The football season's over. Um, and here we are with betonline.ag, a place you need to check out. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. The only place you should be betting on these sports is at betonline.ag. I just collected my reward of uh, picking Aaron Rodgers as the MVP this season. And uh, there's no better place to go cash out than betonline.ag. They want you to take their money. You should take their money. And you're going to be wanting to bet March Madness all March long on betonline.ag. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You know me. I talk about Big Brother and the challenge all the time. In fact, you want the inside scoop, I can help you take some money from betonline.ag. Um, and the award shows coming up, we're still going to have the Golden Globes. We're still going to have the Oscars. They might not be live, but feel free to bet on them. I've lost a couple couple hundred on that as well. BetOnline has hundreds of props with real-time odds on almost anything you can imagine. And, of course, the 24-hour online casino where you can find wits sitting at a poker table. Head over to, web, head over to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome back bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sports for the sports book experts. I was so close. And the second last word I couldn't get out. Unbelievable. But yeah, it's over. I did win my money for the Aaron Rodgers MVP. He's talking about being engaged and having a fiance. I really do think he's messing with the media there, but that's just my, my personal opinion. Um, but yeah, no football football's done. I love the chatter about the bears. Um, talking to Carson Wentz, but the Eagles asked for too much. Apparently the Eagles are asking for King's ransom for Carson Wentz. And uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's amazing that, that Jeffrey Lurie, I, I heard about what they were asking and, and I am, I am dumbfounded that he had the balls to ask for that in the first place. I mean, I give him a lot of credit. I couldn't imagine anybody asking for as much as he did. Uh, I think it was multiple first round picks. Um, so I don't know where Carson Wentz ends up, Roz, but I've got to think that maybe he's got a shot with the Colts. I mean, looking at what he did with Frank Reich, really the last time Carson Wentz was relevant. The Colts, I mean, I hate to say it, but I think the Colts are a good quarterback away from really being a Super Bowl contender. I mean, that defense, and I love Frank Reich as a head coach. You know, I think they're a quarterback away. and. I'm not a big fan of Carson Wentz, but maybe he does turn it around, and Frank Reich is the guy to do that. So we'll see what happens here, but I'm I'm hoping that Wentz doesn't end up in Chicago. Oh, it would God. just be, I think, another another name on the list in a long line of disappointing Chicago Bears quarterbacks. And kind of the point we were talking about before, I mean, the issues with the offensive line don't get any better in Chicago, and I just – I just don't see a guy like Carson Wentz being to overcome that. Not that anybody could, but yeah, I, I hope he's not a bear next year. No, that would be hilarious for me. I've heard, who was I hearing? There's more trade talks for the bears and getting a quarterback. But then I also saw the new Todd McShay NFL draft or mock draft. And it has four quarterbacks going in the first four picks and the bears trading up once again for a quarterback at the 12 for Mac Jones, who actually is my favorite quarterback coming out this year. I know there's the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, but Justin Fields has fallen behind Zach Wilson, who they have going at the two, and Trey Lance from North Dakota State or North Dakota, I don't know which one it is, at number three. Um, 
I think it's a weak class. There's also an awesome article coming out saying that Jordan Love would be the second quarterback taken off the board this year at, had he stayed at Utah State or ever again, wherever he was. I think he went to Utah State. Um, so I, I was very down on the quarterbacks all year long when we talked about it coming out of college. I think this is going to be a scary draft for some teams who think they got their future but got some serious busts. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be very good. Um, I always want to be careful because we look at the Andrew Luck situation, who supposedly is trying to get back into the league. Um, and uh, you always you always have to wonder. But Trevor Lawrence, I think, is a surefire, solid quarterback that will be good for years. Who knows if he'll get to that next plateau. But I think Mac Jones is my favorite quarterback after that point. And I don't think there's any reason to – jump up to 12 to take them. I've seen the Bears do it before, trading up for a quarterback they didn't need to trade up for. And uh, we'll see if that's what they go with. Yeah, and Roz, it's funny. I, I actually happen to agree with you here. And one of the, the comparisons that I draw, not to say that they're the same athletically at all, but if you remember when Deshaun Watson got drafted, I mean, he was nowhere near the player that, that he is today when he got drafted. I think it was at number 10. Um, there were a lot of questions about his ability to make plays at the NFL level. But the one thing that you couldn't question about him, that he was a winner, right? I mean, he was a winner at Clemson. He did a lot of great things there. And now that we've seen him kind of blossom in the NFL, I don't love the situation that's going on with Houston right now, but there's no doubt that Deshaun Watson is a franchise-changing quarterback. And you look at a guy like Mac Jones, there's nothing that really jumps – off the table at you but the one thing I do know about him is that he's a winner right I saw it the entire year I saw it in the championship game and there there's something to be said when you take away all the physical traits and all the intangibles it's like is this guy a winner or not and I, I can pretty confidently say that Mac Jones is that guy not something not the same can be said for a guy like Mitch Trubisky right you remember when the Bears traded up for him yes he had all the talent in the world you know, the guy started one year at North Carolina and went seven and six. I'm not saying that's always an indication of what guys are going to be at the next level, but, you know, I, I'd always go with taking a guy who's a proven winner because there's just something to be said for all the other things besides what you actually see physical-wise out of a guy or capabilities-wise. So I agree with you. I like Mac Jones, and it'd be cool if he went to the Bears. I wouldn't be mad at all. Yeah, no, it'll – uh It'll be interesting, to say the least, this year, this draft. Um, I'm all over the board when it comes to the Packers, who I think are going to be Super Bowl favorites come next season. Um, but uh, I think that's all I got other than seeing Tom Brady throw the Lombardi Trophy like another perfect pass he's done all year long to another boat. When you see the Lombardi Trophy just flying from a boat to another boat, that's just like – explains the year we had. People are ready to celebrate. <laughs> that is insane. Um, yeah, I know. That no, no better no better guy to do it than Tom Brady. <laughs> Just throwing the the sacred Lombardi trophy. So pristine. Can you imagine if that fell to the bottom of the ocean? <laughs> yeah, he's got six more. He he's got six more. The fucking Buccaneers would be like, no, we have to hold on to our Brad Johnson trophy. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm looking. I'm on ESPN because trying to do my due diligence. I know there's going to be golf this week. Wits. I'm sure you're more activated and prepared than I am as I've been on my hiatus um, from the golf universe, but nothing in basketball is happening right now. I mean, games are being played, but it's almost the most irrelevant thing out there. 
I'm ready just to get to March Madness and see how it goes from there. I still have my idea that Gonzaga is going to be unbeatable. Um, but we have the AT&T at Pebble Beach. Is this a pro-am or are we going to just get our regular pros here? So it usually is a pro-am, but there, there's not going to be the am portion this week, uh, I guess, you know, due to the, the, the COVID situation we've got going on. But, Roz, this is actually a pretty weak field. Um, DJ was supposed to play in this tournament, but he ended up dropping out. So the, the odds-on favorite right now is Patrick Cantlay. You can get him at about 7-1. to one. Uh, But DJ was actually a 4-1 to one favorite in a, in a 115-man field which is pretty insane. But I mean, you, you look at some of the top guys, um, you've got Paul Casey, Daniel Berger, Jason Day, Ricky Fowler, Molinari. So it's not, not really a headline star studded field, but should be interesting. Um, Pebble beach looked like there's going to be a lot of weather there this week. So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, not a very long course, only 6,800 yards. So now, this is, I guess, what you would call a second-shot golf course. Uh, approach is always important, but especially on a field where the greens are relatively small to the rest of the greens on PGA Tours. So, you know, a couple guys that I like this week, I'm um, looking at Kevin Streelman, Cam Davis, um, and then I also like uh, – who's the last guy? I also like Harold Varner this week and get him at, uh, I think, 75-1. to one right now to win so those are a couple guys I'm looking at I'm gonna take take it easy this week and then uh yeah we've got the the Masters coming up you know in a couple months March Madness so once we get past February we should be on a on a good roll as we we get into the baseball season as well yeah I know you're definitely excited for baseball the names I look at here Peter Malinati for a first round leader like I just can't take my eyes off the guy who continually is proven to dominate Thursdays and suck everywhere else (laughs) um I kind of like a Siwoo Kim here. I see him at 30, at, yeah, 30 to one. I, the Harold Varner, he, he's scorned me a couple of times. Um, as I look down, maybe a little Russell Knox action. I'm feeling his vibe a little bit to this week. Um, I don't have a lot to base this off of. Ricky's in this tournament 45 to one. It would just be ironic if he wins this tournament because that's the best starting odds he's had. Um, in a long time usually this guy's now hanging around 80 to 90 to one um, so we'll we'll see maybe this is the week I, I miss it so much that I come back and get full force and let you know what's happening but it's been tough not gambling wits I, I miss it you know and this is a gambling show I'm telling you guys where to put your money and I'm just not putting it with you and it, it hurts me man <laughs> Yeah, hopefully uh, get those those California politicians on the on the floor to get this bill passed for you. But as of right now, it's, it's got to be tough sledding. I know we were we were about two months full force gambling <laughs> seven days a week, uh, so definitely a bit of a switch up. But glad glad that we can still chat about it at least once a week here. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's good. Uh, we were on the horn a little bit earlier. Um, I'm really at this point just scavenging for a, a story that I think is worth telling, but. There is nothing going on. I bear, like, you know how bad college basketball has to be this year that nobody talked about the UNC Duke game that UNC won. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's been it's been a tough year for for the Blue Buds. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But Roz, I think closing thoughts here. I wanted to get your thoughts on an NFL trade that went down last week. What did you think about Matt Stafford going to the Rams? Um. 
I don't know if we if we touched on this at all. Maybe we didn't, but like I, I, I feel like we didn't. We might have, but even I mean, if my we did, th- I want right, to get your thoughts. Right. I mean, my thoughts on it, and maybe me and you just talked about it a ton, but my thoughts are, I think it was so soon to pull the rug out from under Jared Goff. It really didn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, the guy had been to a Super Bowl. He'd won two playoff games, and I'd made that reference that that's more than the Detroit Lions have won since the Super Bowl era began, um, which is insane. And Matt Stafford's never won a playoff game. And I understand he might be more talented as a passer, but you don't know what you're getting with Stafford. The guy's had a fairly long career already. Um, and we've seen what Brady can do at 43, but like you're putting a lot of eggs in a basket that's been hit a lot, injured a lot, lose, has lost a lot and doesn't have the big win, big game or big win experience I don't think the Lions got better necessarily with Goff. Like I said, I don't think he's a guy that stretches the field. I think he's a he's a he's a decent game manager who I think would have gotten better in a system like Sean McVay's. Um, mm-hmm. It's just wild to see how fast the Rams blew everything up after they were in the Super Bowl. Um, and the same could be said about the Eagles, right? Like they won a Super Bowl and they're blowing everything up. So that's the NFL is a tricky place, man. It is certainly something. So. Yeah, it makes you it makes you appreciate even more <laughs> what Tom Brady has been able to do in a league that is constantly changing. So um, I kind of feel the same way as you. I mean, Matt Stafford. Two things I want to point out: the least profitable quarterback ATS in the past ten years, and he also had the Patriots as the only team on his no trade list. So that doesn't tell me a little something about a guy who wouldn't want to go to that type of winning culture. I don't know. I was like, I like the Rams. He said I like the McVay. Patriots. Were the only team on his no, don't trade list? Yes. They were the only team on his don't trade list. Um, so that, that, that says something to me. I mean, all they do is win for the most part. Wow. And Matt I Stafford did, has never won. What a weird <laughs> – should have let off with that. I'm a little more shocked about that. <laughs> like, dear yeah, God. Um, holy hell. <laughs> Yeah, do, interesting, right? I, yeah, I do want to do what we used to do. I do want to talk real quickly before my out, my closing is going to be about the AP Top 25 for basketball, where we see Gonzaga and Baylor undefeated sitting 1-2. Again, I believe that's going to be our final anyways, but there is teams I like that kind of can upset the balance. Michigan is one of them at 13-1. I think they're the team that can beat a Baylor. I think they can outshoot Baylor. Um, and then you've got Ohio State up at four. This is where I think – that it's a tough season to gauge how good teams are. I don't think Ohio State's a true four or a true top 10 team. You see Iowa slipping all the way down to, I can't even see them on my map. I think they, oh, there's Iowa at 15. They're 13 and six now, a team that I thought was going to dominate as well. Um, I think the Big Ten's really clobbering on one another. Illinois up to six. Nova's at five. Texas Tech's a sneaky seven. I think they're going to get popped in the Sweet 16, but I think they're going to make it look good getting there. Um, Virginia slowly creeping back up into the top 10. I think that's an interesting one. Oklahoma and Alabama are playing strong. Had a little bit of a lull this week. I think when I look at college basketball, the thing I really want to point out to you is, listen to this, Wits. Not in, yeah. the, top, not in the top 25. Kansas, Duke, Kentucky, UNC, Louisville. <laughs> 
That That's, is truly unbelievable. That is. And if you want to talk about the homage of the UCLA, UCLA also not in the top 25. This is a wide open top 25, something we have not seen in our lifetime. Um, but I, I just had to make that. How crazy is that? Kansas, Duke, Kentucky, UNC, none of them in the top 25. Yeah, that is crazy. And, you know, we, we've talked about Gonzaga quite a bit on this show. Um, all the cards are, are lining up. So kid, the question is, can Mark Few get it done this year? Because this would be probably one of the easier roads that he would have without all those teams that are usually great right now, not, not even sniffing mediocrity right now to their standards. No, it's – I'm mind-blown <laughs> when I look at that top 25. Because I think, I think we're going to – I what I might be chalky about who I think is going to win, but I think you're in for a wild run to the Sweet 16. I really do. I think you're going to see some of the craziest upsets, craziest wins, teams you never expected. The hope is going to really glare. I think Gonzaga and Baylor and Michigan really hold it out to get to the Final Four. But before that point, you're going to see some twos flying off the board, threes flying off the board. I think it's going to get a little gnarly for the first three rounds. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I can't wait to see it happen. It has been too long since we've had NCAA tournament action. Right. So I'm really looking forward to it. And if you hear anything right now, that is just the lovely Lindsay Gort. She's one of our clients. I'm just cutting a scene for her as we're doing this podcast. But uh, I, I have paused that since. But anyways, this has been the opening line. We are your hosts, Wits and Roz. Always a pleasure to talk. We hope to have more gambling information, but our fun NFL and college football season has come to an end. So we're just going to try to put money in your pockets some other way. Have a fantastic rest of your evening, everybody. Smoke.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.